Hey guys, this is Michelle. And on today's episode, I need to let you know that there is a trigger warning attached. Today, we cover some tough topics like assault and rape. And I just wanted to give you a heads up before you start listening to today's episode. Sending you love and light. I had no idea what personal growth meant. I had no idea what a coach was. What the hell does healing even mean? (laughs) Um, But I knew, a part of me knew, I think even subconsciously, that this was what I needed in order to really become alive again. Hi, I'm Michelle Jones, host of the podcast, Live Less Afraid. I'm a mom and a Grammy and a wife. And I like to say I'm a little bit country and a little bit rock and roll because I grew up in the city, but I spent 25 years in a small town. But there's something else about me that a lot of people don't know. I also fight fear and anxiety and self-doubt. If you fight these same issues and you feel stuck and are looking for accountability and community, then I am here for you. Let's work on how to get some clarity around what holds you back make an action plan, and take some scary first steps together. On this podcast, I'll share stories of women just like you and me, and sometimes men join us too, and we talk about overcoming adversity and embracing empowerment. On every episode, we'll discuss how our thoughts and beliefs hold us back. We'll talk about our most important relationship, the one we have with ourselves, and we'll talk about how when we work to let go of limiting beliefs, and get out of our heads and get out of our own way that we can accomplish amazing things. But I want to hear from you too. I want to know what the roadblocks are. What resources do you need? What's the thing that lights you up inside? And what's holding you back from embracing it? We'll figure that out here together. At the bottom of this podcast is a place where you can send me a voice message. Send me a note about these questions or your favorite part of the episode and what spoke to you. I'd love to hear from you, and I'll be reading these on the podcast. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Good morning, everybody. Uh, This is Michelle Jones with Live Less Afraid, and I am super excited to have a guest on the show today. Her name is Blair Kaplan, and we were introduced um, through a mutual friend, and I'm really excited about our conversation today. I think you guys are going to love it. Welcome, Blair. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here. Yeah. So, um, like I said, we were introduced through a mutual friend of ours. And the funny thing is, um, you know, in this pandemic world, we both uh, know this person, but we only know her virtually. (laughs) And and we were talking about that before we started today, um, you know, that through this pandemic that so many of us have met friends um, and acquaintances and you know, business supporters, et cetera, all virtually. And what a great space that's been and how we can't wait to maybe meet in person someday and really cement those relationships. Yes, all of my friends are now online. (laughs) (laughs) Well, welcome in. I think that we're going to have a really interesting conversation today. Uh, One of the things that we connected on was how we're having a, a similar childhood, uh, having a difficult childhood, difficult upbringing. And, you know, we are not alone in this. We know this in the work that we do, that there's many of us out there, many of the listeners that have also had um, 
their struggles and, and they, you know, maybe wonder why they're in that. And that's kind of what we're going to talk a little bit about today is, is what that means for us and what it can mean for us going forward in our lives um, as adults. Um, so before we get started doing that, though, why don't you just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So I was born and raised in Maryland. Um, I ended up going to school at UMBC, the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. Uh, and I had a sociology degree or a bachelor's in sociology was my major. And I wanted to work with an at-risk population once I graduated. So either troubled teens, um, people struggling with homelessness, people in the prison system, but everything in the sociology or social work field, when I was looking for jobs, everything in those fields either required a master's or five years of experience. And that was for an entry-level job. So spring break of my senior year, I interviewed for five random jobs. Uh, and I actually ended up getting all five of them. And I said to myself, what is going to be the least boring job for someone straight out of college? Mm -hmm. And so instead of working with troubled teens or people in the prison system, uh, I ended up working with brides instead. <laughs> and I became, yep, I became the owner's assistant at a catering company. And I was in charge of the floor plans, timelines, setup and breakdown, china, silver, glassware, linen colors, like everything that went into a special event. Um, and I found that I was able to help people and serve people in that space, um, but just not necessarily how I thought I would before getting into that space. Yeah. So I found a real passion in special events. And after uh, a little over two years of working with that company, I actually moved up to Philadelphia for two years to receive my uh, executive event leadership certification from the School of Sport, Tourism, and Hospitality Management at mm -hmm. Temple. Okay. So I finished that in two years, uh, moved back home in 2019, back to Maryland. And instead of going back to the catering company or, or trying to work for someone else, I ended up taking a chance either on or against myself. I'm still figuring that out. Uh, <laughs> but I decided to start planning my own events. And I started Lone Wolf District. And I was facilitating and organizing and executing monthly events for the medical cannabis community here in Maryland. All right. Um, did that for 11 months. I think we had 14 events in 11 months. And then COVID hit. And there were no more in-person events. So... My last event was February of 2020, and then a few months later, I actually enrolled in a program to get my life coaching certification, mm -hmm. and I hit the ground running once I, once I graduated August of last year, and that chapter of my life just made everything else make sense. Yeah. And so I have pivoted from uh, pivot is like the word of the year. I have pivoted from organizing and facilitating and executing special events to helping other people design and organize and facilitate their biggest event, mm. uh, which just happens to be life itself. Wow, man, you just gave us a whole bunch of stuff to unpack there. So we're <laughs> going to we're gonna take a couple of steps back. Um, uh, first of all, uh, I want to know how you came up with the name Lone Wolf. Yeah. I am the lone wolf. Yeah. You know, growing up, I, um, I am duality. I bridge the gap between a lot of perceived opposing concepts. Mm. Uh, I bridge the gap between black and white, uh, mm. nature and nurture. I was adopted at birth, uh, Jewish and Catholic, gay and straight, human and divine. Like I bridge the gap. And because of that, I didn't necessarily fit in anywhere mm -hmm. when I was growing up. 
Mm -hmm. You know, in high school, I was always too black for the white kids and too white for the black kids. And I didn't really have a space to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And that brought a lot of anxiety, depression, feelings of loss, you know, a lack of belonging, a lack of connection. And it took a really long time for me to completely reverse my mindset on that and embrace that because I don't necessarily fit in anywhere, I have the opportunity to fit in everywhere. I love that. And so I am the lone wolf. And cool. Yeah. And Um, I think as lone wolves that we can, you know, be who we are, be celebrated for our differences, be authentic and human and still have a place to come home to at the end of the day. Mm. And so Lone Wolf District is a now virtual community for the lone wolves of the world, the people that feel like they don't belong um, to just be home. I love that. I love that. I can totally relate to what you were saying about not feeling like you belonged in school. I always felt that way too. I, I, you know, I didn't come from, um, you know, a real like quote, normal home. Uh, my, my home life was super chaotic. I always felt like I didn't have the right clothes. I didn't have the right friends. And, um, I always felt that way. And it's funny that you say that you like, I feel like when you were talking that you were, you figured out how to grow into the lone wolf and really embrace it and, and, and leverage it for what it needs for you now. Um, and I feel like, that speaks to me too in, you know, once I became an adult and and I figured out that all of those skills that I honed because I was kind of on my own uh, really served me today, (laughs) right? Yeah. And I think we're going to talk a little bit more about that later, but uh, that's really interesting that you just said, I'm going to adopt this whole lone wolf persona as my own and, and open it up to others who feel that way too. That's, that's just beautiful. I love it. Yeah. You know, um, I could continue to be miserable and sad and toxic and hate not being, <laughs> uh, not having a, a place or a home, or I could just embrace the beautiful human being that I am. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, give permission for everyone else around me mm-hmm. to be who they are. Blair, do you feel like you kind of have always been that way, though, even though all of, you know, kind of the bad things happened to you as a child and you had just this really chaotic, you know, traumatic childhood? Do you feel like you always had that kind of spirit and presence in you that was like joyous, you know, internally, or did you have to find it? I think a little bit of both, Mm -hmm. um, which doesn't necessarily answer your question. (laughs) I think that I was born with a beautiful spirit and then I, uh, had a lot of trauma thrown my way, uh, right before I turned 12 and I didn't lose that spirit. I didn't lose that joy, but that joy was covered by a lot of pain and grief and loss. And Mm -hmm. it was up to me to figure out, um, how to get that joy back into my life. Mm-hmm. Do you want to share with the listeners a little bit more about that experience and, and maybe what it sure. taught you and how you moved through it? Sure. Um, I feel as though it may be appropriate for me to give some type of trigger warning. Because okay. We, uh, we've been through it. Okay. Um, my brother was killed in a car crash nine days before my 12th birthday. Mm-hmm. And that, open the door to 
about 12 years of just misery and toxicity and hate and anger and a lack of understanding. Um, oh, yeah. And when you lose someone so close to you at such a young age, it really shifts everything in your life. Mm -hmm. um, and that experience really just opened the door to unspeakable pain. Mm -hmm. um, I'd say a year or so after that, I lost my grandfather. Um, and, you know, when I talk about a traumatic childhood, like my home life was, was great. My parents are absolutely amazing. But as a young child, I experienced major trauma after major trauma after major trauma that just kind of negated the love that my parents tried to give me. Sure. And so I lost my brother a week before I was 12 lost my grandfather about a year or so after that. Um, and then at age 14 or 15, I was actually raped in my basement. Uh, oh. my, my then best friend had a group of guys come over in the middle of the night and a sleepover and I knew better, but still felt pressured. And as a young kid, you, you do the best you can. You don't know everything. No, you and don't. I was, um, sexually traumatized and raped oh, yeah. in my basement while my parents were sleeping two floors above me. That's so scary. And, you know, going through that, going through the loss of my brother, um, that sparked a lot of hate, a lot of rage, um, drinking, smoking, I mean, you know, I'm not even 16 at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sure. Self-harm, suicidal tendencies, um, I ended up taking 2000 milligrams of a prescription sleeping pill when I was 15 years old and got myself hospitalized for two weeks. And I was just so full of hate and rage and pain that I couldn't see anything else through that. Yeah, absolutely. And at 16, you know, you don't, we don't really have the skills either to, no. you know, cope with the, the, all these big things that are happening to us. No. Yeah. And it's almost, um, not ironic, but almost interesting that at this point in my life, I am a certified coach because mm -hmm. um, coaching and therapy are, are pretty similar in the things that we talk about. But I had the worst therapy experiences growing up. I think mm -hmm. I saw seven different therapists in six years mm -hmm. and their method was to, you know, prescribe me with Prozac and Wellbutrin yeah. and that's it and not really teach me how to appropriately feel and express the very valid emotions that I felt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was tough. It was tough. Um, and then, you know, when I was in Philly, uh, I hit rock bottom. You would think, you would think those things would, would take us to rock bottom. It didn't. <laughs> I was, uh, working in property management and, uh, working at a 37 story high rise condo building in center city, Philly. And at least once a week, I would go up to the roof and look down the 37 floors. Oh, Blair. There is nothing stopping wow. me from jumping off. Yeah. It was, um, it was really hard. And I, I want to, uh, shout out mom and dad because <laughs> they are the reason why I'm still alive because as much as I hated myself, I hated my life. I didn't want to be here anymore. Uh, I knew that they would not be able to take the pain of losing their second child. Right. And so as much as I didn't want to be here, I stayed alive for them mm -hmm. until, you know, a year and a half, two years later, I was finally able to start to learn how to live for me again. 
Blair, I just want to honor you and, and say thank you for being so brave and sharing your story with us today. I, I am so moved by it. And um, you have bigger things to do <laughs> in this life. And that's why you're still here with us. And, and I'm so thankful that we're here speaking today. Um, so thank you for sharing your story with us. And I can't wait to hear about like the after the rock bottom like on the way back up so you know let's let's change gears a little bit and and just talk about that moment kind of after you know the roofs and the philly and and the, knowing that you needed to stay around for your parents like what what got you back on the path what was your pivot point there yeah um hit rock bottom january february of 2019 when i was still living in philadelphia um I was, you know, being sexually harassed and racially discriminated against at work every single day on top of all of the emotions I was already feeling every day. Um, and I had to move back home. You know, I loved the city, but I knew I would not make it much longer if I had to stay there. So I moved back home with my parents, uh, May, the last day of May in 2019, and I started to feel a little lighter um, and being able to bring that sense of community to my events and, and being able to foster a, a real sense of home for others mm -hmm. helped me foster that sense of home within myself. And in December of 2019, um, my bosses at that time, my mentors, my friends, um, these two women, they, they saw the light in me before I could see it in myself. And so they brought me to this, wild, uh, three-day, intensive, impactful um, personal development conference out in San Diego. And at that point, I had no idea what personal growth meant. I had no idea what a coach was. What the hell does healing even mean? <laughs> um, but I knew, a part of me knew, I think even subconsciously, that this was what I needed in order to really become alive again. And as much pain as I was still feeling at that point, I, I'm proud of myself for being able to show up to this experience with an open heart and an open mm. mind and just say, hey, like, I'm just here for the experience and whatever I'm supposed to get from it is what I'll take from it. Ah. And I was, I was really a shell of a person then. Um, mm. And I met these fantastic people that are now, you know, huge mentors and influences and inspirations in my life. Um, these men, Hal Elrod and John Berghoff and Patricia Moreno and her business partner, Lucy Osborne and Julie Reisler, who I actually ended up getting my coaching certification from, you know, I saw all of these huge keynote speakers and heard them share their pain and see where they are in life. And I said, Hey, there might be something here. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. So there is this book called The Miracle Morning um, from Hal Elrod, and he spoke about it on um, or at the conference. And I went home middle of December, came back to Maryland. I read the book. I finished it New Year's Eve. And I said, OK, I'm going to try something new um, January 1st, you know, first day of a new year. And this morning routine includes um, meditation, affirmations visualization, exercise, reading, and writing. And actually, I think this coming Monday, 
um, will be 600 consecutive days of me doing all of those things. Wow. I've never never stuck with anything. Who knew? Who knew that I could stick with something for 600 days? Um, And that, that experience reading that book and choosing, choosing to choose love, choosing to um, start this routine really opened the door to healing for me. And, Mm. you know, these people that I met, they didn't fix me. They didn't make me better because that's my job. It's nobody yes. else's job. Yes, girl. <laughs> in the door. Mm-hmm. And I was strong enough to walk through it. You sure were. Hey, what happens? And, you know, 2020 and, you know, so far this year, um, I just really dove, divin, dived. I, I've gone deep <laughs> in healing. <laughs> and inner child work and shadow work. Uh-huh. And I find that the only way for us to truly work through our pain is to allow ourselves to feel it. Girl, speak the truth. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not always easy. That's not really ever easy. Healing is not fun. It's so true, it's right? All those things are true. Like literally the only way over is through, right? The only way past is through. And it is so freaking hard sometimes that you're like ready to tap out, ready to bail, but you know, like you're just bailing on yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have to stay in it. You have to work through it. And that shadow work is so important. And just recognizing that that it never goes away. It's not like you like get a certificate and hang it up on the wall. Like I did this and it's done. I can move on. No, it's always there, but it's just that choice that you're making to I'm going to keep working through this. I'm going to keep making friends with this shadow self. And I'm going to keep getting through these, you know, blocks that come up and pushing past and seeing what's there. Right. Cause there's just beautiful stuff on the other side. Yes. And there's a, a woman based out of California. Her name is Amani Cohen. She goes by the hood healer and she has taught me, um, many beautiful lessons. And one of the biggest ones that has stuck with me is when she said that the trauma that we go through is not our fault, but it is our responsibility to heal from it. Mm. And that has stuck with me for you know, the last two and a half years. That's, that's just beautiful. Yeah. That really is. Yeah. Well, I think this is a great segue to, to kind of talk a little bit more about that part of our discussion which is you know healing from trauma and what that means and and maybe just sharing with our listeners you know kind of what you're doing around that and um you know where you're going with that journey yeah Yeah. what it's taught you you know what what you've learned like you've shared a little bit about that already what I have learned through my pain is that I am here on a mission (laughs) and I am here to be who I needed when I needed someone because I didn't have anybody when I hit rock bottom and we shouldn't have to hit rock bottom and think about, you know, killing ourselves every single moment of every single day in order to start to heal. We don't have to let it get that far. Mm -hmm. And so my job is to be who I needed when I needed someone just for other people. And meditation has been a huge part of that. 
Um, I started January 1st, 2020. I had a five minute morning routine. <laughs> I did 60 seconds of silence. Uh, and I am now up to 45 minutes of meditation every morning. I'm going to be up to a full hour by December. I'm moving up one minute every week. That's how we get to the big goals. We've got to, we got to do the tiniest baby steps, but it's the consistent baby steps that get us there. And so meditation has been a, um, huge factor in my healing. Um, it is really hard to sit with yourself sometimes. Girl, <laughs> truth. Yeah, I did a whole 12 minutes, you know, this morning. So, you know. But that's beautiful. I mean, yeah. 12 minutes of silence, 12 minutes with your own thoughts is so impactful. And through sitting with myself, I would really start to connect to spirit, God, the universe, whatever we want to call whatever is bigger than us out here. I really started to connect to my highest self and my higher calling and my higher purpose. And, you know, I would just start to get these downloads Mm. and it was made very clear to me that I am the only person that can heal me. Mm -hmm. It starts with me. Healing starts with us. Yeah. And through, you know, those downloads, through the meditation, through the daily yoga and the daily movement and journaling, writing down what I'm grateful for every day. um, I really started to find a way to nurture my pain, Mm -hmm. right? Like I call myself a shadow worker, but at the end of the day, shadow work is light work. Yeah. You can't have one without the other. You can't. You can't. (laughs) And those emotions that, um, are just screaming inside of us, right? Those spirals, those negative thoughts, that fear, that doubt, that pain, that frustration, they're allowed to be there. Yes, they are. And when those voices and that pain get so loud and unbearable, it's simply asking to be seen and heard and witnessed and loved and embraced. And so I now live under the belief that I have to nurture my darkness in order to let my light shine. Or I could suppress my darkness as I did for so long. And then because it still wants to be heard and seen and felt, it's just going to spew out as negativity and misery and toxicity and hate and just not be good for myself or anyone around me. Yeah. It also manifests in things like self-doubt and, you know, self-hate. And and I think too that my theory is, is that you can't just suppress the bad. You know, if you try and suppress the bad, you suppress the good too. And then it's like, you're, then you, like you said, you end up numbing out or, you know, worst case scenario, feeling suicidal or whatever it is. Like you can't have one that's yin and yang, right? They're, they're meant to work together. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think honoring that shadow part of ourselves and recognizing that it it has a purpose it has a place you know we're human we're complicated (laughs) um you know I think you have to just lean into that one thing I wanted to ask you about before we move on though is um super impressive meditation uh practice by the way would you do you have any tips for our listeners about getting started on that and then also like maybe one thing that you feel, you know, that you get out of that meditation, just like a little, like, here's why you need to start doing it, people. (laughs) This is one thing you'll get out of it. And then like, just some tips for getting started. Yeah, the biggest tip I can give is start with one minute. Just 
set an alarm for 60 seconds, close your eyes and sit in silence for one minute. I find that, you know, we can all have big dreams. We can all have these huge goals, but we'll never get there if we just keep it as a big goal. We have to start with the, with the tiniest, tiniest steps. And so the biggest tip that I can give is start with one minute. Um, and when you're comfortable sitting with yourself for one minute, move up to two and then three and then five. And maybe you get a little wild and try to do 10, right? So I did a year of meditation for in 2020. I started with one minute. I ended with 12 minutes at the end of the year. But doing it consistently completely altered my life. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing I get out of it, everything is quiet. Mm. <laughs> my mind is so quiet. It's so nice to just hang out with myself now. Oh. <laughs> you know, before yeah. I started doing meditation, I was just so mean just mean to myself. You're not good enough for this. Oh, you're too fat. Oh, no wonder he doesn't like you. You're so ugly. Like, I was just mean to myself. I was so full of hate. And the easiest person to show that hate to was to myself. Mm -hmm. And so by meditating every day and sticking with it, those thoughts just quiet down yeah. until they find a safe place in our heart to just be. Mm -hmm. So start with one minute, keep it up for a month and see if your thoughts get a little quieter. And I just want to clarify for our listeners too, um, you know, Blair's talking about literally sitting quietly with yourself as meditation. And the 12 minutes I was talking about this morning was actually guided meditation. So um, the, the practice that Blair's doing is like, super impressive <laughs> like monk level kind of stuff where you're literally because sitting it, 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 sitting with yourself in quiet for minutes is difficult <laughs> and you have to really like chill out take some breaths and just tune into yourself um but Michelle, I think I've gotten around five minutes before like of just real quiet time but it, yeah. it's practice but you bring up such a beautiful point is that you know, my version of meditation isn't the same as yours and vice mm -hmm. versa. And mm -hmm. that's okay. Oh yeah. You know, we don't need to subscribe to what Instagram says meditation <laughs> looks like, right? Right. We can listen to a guided meditation. Sometimes I put singing bowls um, yes. in the background. Sometimes I'm just sitting with myself and having a conversation with myself, right? Mm -hmm. Meditation is not sitting in complete silence it's sitting in external silence mm -hmm. so you can listen to the voices inside you can listen to the thoughts inside mm -hmm. and so there's a million and one different ways to meditate you can do a walking meditation you oh, can yeah. do a guided one right mm -hmm. but anytime that you're allowing yourself giving yourself permission to tune into you yep that is meditation to me sure is and when you're talking about the divine downloads, I mean, you know, that, that is the beauty, right? You, I mean, and it's, it's crazy how that works. Like sometimes you're like, like a channel, like are you just like a conduit, like stuff's just pouring into you and you're like, wow, okay, this is beautiful. And when you talked about self-love, I mean, truly, I think that's the biggest gift that I've given myself with meditation is the self-love. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's wild. You know, we, um, Everything that we need is already within us. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we just have to allow ourselves to get a little quiet to hear what we need. Girl, like we have all the answers right inside of us. 
Yes. We just would sit down and be quiet for a minute yes. and listen. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and trust, right? Trust ourselves that we, yes. that we, we are divine and we are worthy and we are loved and we are perfect just the way we are. Like mm-hmm. dark, white, skinny, fat, whatever, like doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> and on that message of divine, you know, human beings are divine beings. Mm-hmm. You know, as human beings, we are multidimensional. And um, something that's really helped me work through some of my shadows is living under the belief that my heart is limitless. My heart is so big. Mm-hmm. And my heart has room for more than one feeling at once, right? Mm-hmm. I can work on loving myself. I can look at myself in the mirror and say, I love you. Or if that's too scary, sometimes I say I'm open to the idea of loving myself yeah. and I can still have feelings of self-doubt. My yep. heart has room for both and both are absolutely valid. Yep. I love that. Okay. This has just been so divine. <laughs> so glad that we're here today having this conversation. Um, I'm feeling so lifted up by it and mm-hmm. I hope that you are too. And I just feel like our listeners are, are going to be just so blessed by this conversation. Um, I want to transition over a little bit to, you can share a little bit with us about what it is that you're doing with your life designer coaching work and a little bit about who you like to serve. Yeah. So this is always an interesting question for me. Um, any questions around like your niche or your audience? Um, because at the end of the day, the The painfully beautiful thing about my journey is that any person that crosses my path can resonate with at least one part of my story, which means that I have the power to positively impact anyone that crosses my path. Mm -hmm. And so who I love to serve is anyone who's willing to do the work. If you are ready to look yourself in the mirror and take accountability for who you are, and work towards who you want to be, I am here to be the guide to help you get there. Um, with my coaching, I, I work with a lot of heavy topics. I'm a shadow worker. We get into the shadows when, when we work together. Um, I usually start us off with a quick grounding exercise, and then we get into whatever we need to get into. And see, this is why it's always an interesting question, because I don't have a these are the things that we're going to talk about in our coaching session. Mm-hmm. Like, my job is to serve any human being that crosses my path in whatever way makes the most sense at any given moment. Mm-hmm. And that changes from person to person. Yeah. So a lot of the things that I work through with clients are those limiting beliefs, those feelings of self-doubt, right. those feelings of worthiness, um, inner child trauma, um, I wouldn't necessarily consider myself a business coach, but I have helped one of my clients go from a government nine to five job to now being a full-time entrepreneur. So this, this question always has an extended answer because I'm simply here to serve. Right. And that serve, you know, that word is, it means something different and shows up as something different for every single person that I do serve. Mm. Did that at all answer the question? (laughs) I feel such a kindred spirit to you, Blair. It's so weird. I don't know if you're feeling it, but I am like, yep, that's kind of me too, actually. I I always say I like to work with doers. 
Mm. Like if you're a doer, like if you want to do this, like I'm your girl. I love I don't like talking about the weather. I don't want to sit with you and try and pull out like this. I want you to come and say, I'm ready to do some work because that's what I'm about. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, with people like us, it takes a certain level of vulnerability. Yeah. It work. You know, if you're not ready to face yourself, that's okay. But in order for us to work together, deep end of the pool. Yeah, we're gonna dive in. We're gonna dive in, and I'm your floaty. That's you're right. Down there alone. That's right. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, well. Um, one of the things that I, we talked about earlier was how much I love personal development, and I just love to kind of always have a great book around. You know, that really helps improve myself and it helps me kind of level up and you shared that you're uh you just finished a book do you want to talk to the listeners a little bit about that yeah you are a badass at making money I uh inherited a bit of a lack mindset from my parents they grew up in the era of you have to work 80 hours a week to be worthy of money um and as a Capricorn working hard makes me feel good about myself Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I've had to learn that my work does not dictate my worth. Mm-hmm. And this book um, really opened the door for me to start to really question my money story. I mean, I have never highlighted a book as much as I have. This <laughs> book. I've got my little, you know, post-it notes in there. Um, and I can just flip to any any page. I mean, this page I highlighted, you know, I have to have the audacity to think that I can. Um, this one says your, your faith must be fierce, fiery, and not effing around. Having faith helps you get rich. And so I love this book. You are a badass at making money by Jen Sincero. Um, because she just has a beautiful way of making money make more sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's plain language, right? She just breaks it down into a really easy, digestible, um, way that, I find her just, I love her. I'm yes. like I said, in my uh, mini episode, I want to be friends with Jen. Yes, <laughs> so absolutely. Jen, if you're listening, Blair and I want to be friends with you. So. You've got two friends right here, my, my right. friend. You That's just right. let us know when you're ready. That's right. We're here for you. Awesome. Um, and I just started reading a book called Playing Big um, mm. by, um, her last name is M-O-H-R and it's how to lead as a woman um, I'm finding it really interesting too. Lots of underlining happening there. So yeah. that might be something to put on your list for next time. And and I don't have Jen's money book yet, but I will be going out and getting that uh, after this call. So tell us um, a couple more things about you. Where can we find you? Sure. Um, in this COVID world, you can find me online. Mm-hmm, that's right, girl. <laughs> Uh, my website is lonewolfdistrict.com. Um, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Lone Wolf District. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. My name is Blair Kaplan with a C. <laughs> um, I'm, yeah, you can find me on those major platforms. I, uh, self-care is a big thing to me. I, I like to uh, hang out with myself a lot. So sometimes it takes me a day to respond to messages. Um, but I will always respond. I'm always here. Okay. And then also tell us uh, what, what uh, 
how can people work with you right now? Are you doing one-to-ones? Are you doing a group or do you have a membership? What do you have going on right now that people yeah. can get involved with? A little bit of all of the above. Okay. Um, <laughs> I have a virtual monthly membership. I actually just launched last month called the Wolfpack membership. Love that. And we have four separate calls, typically once a week. Uh, we'll have an accountability call the first and last Monday of every month. So we can get clear on what your goals are for the month. You get partnered up with an accountability buddy. So you guys can stay on track. Um, and then at the end of the month, we reflect on all of the amazing things we accomplished and then celebrate with the group. Um, one Wednesday a month, we also have a power hour, uh, which is essentially you showing up for yourself, you showing up for your community and getting done whatever it is that needs to get done. Uh, mm. this month we had someone working out. You could see his kids running over him while he was trying to do push-ups. I have a freelancer <laughs> that was doing work for a client. Um, I was working on something for a client. So whatever you have to get done, get it done in community. Love um, it. And then my favorite part, which I actually just just finished earlier this morning, is uh, once a month we have a two-hour group coaching session, which is centered around uh, a specific topic or focus every month. So this month we did reuniting with our inner child. Um, I think next month will be uh, embracing your most authentic self. We have a topic on prioritizing self-care. Um, and so we dive into a short, you know, visualization, meditation, and then get into um, individual reflection and group discussion, you know, as a facilitator. And, and when I'm in the group coaching space, my job is to crowdsource the collective wisdom of any group that I'm in. Right. Because I'm not an expert on life. I'm just the expert on my life. Right, You're right. the expert on your life. And the wisdom that you have is so valuable to those groups. Mm. So I have a monthly Wolfpack membership. And I also offer 90-minute one-on-one intensive coaching sessions where we focus on one or two areas of your life that you are ready to shift in, evolve in, transform in, um, and like I said, because I don't have a niche, those, those topics change, whether it's yeah, working yeah, from the beliefs or past trauma. Yeah. Um, and what I would love to do, um, which I'm starting to do now, is really get into corporate group coaching because there is so much healing uh, that is needed in the corporate space. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. So again, I'm here to serve in whatever way makes the most sense. That sounds like just a fantastic uh way to to pivot i think that many companies need more woo woo coaching like kumbaya like let's come together because i'm telling you what if your people are joined and all on the same page and everybody knows that everyone's coming from best intentions mm-hmm. i just think that it fosters such a great environment in the workplace you know yes. and all that stuff that we have out here, we bring it to work, you know, like, it's not like you could check it at the door. Exactly. <laughs> if you're struggling with stuff in your personal life or, you know, your shadow self, like all that stuff comes with you right to work. And we've all worked with those people that you're like, mm, you need to sit down, have some one-to-ones friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, imagine the way that a dynamic in a corporate workspace could change if everyone showed up loving themselves. Yes. Could you imagine the Mm -hmm. lack of harassment, discrimination, Mm -hmm. bullying that's in Mm -hmm. the workplace? If we all just showed up as the best versions of ourselves that we could. Yes. 
And sometimes we need help doing that. And that's we okay. We do. And, and I think if, you know, you could get into a, an organization and, and foster that, it would really open a lot of doors for people to feel safe to do that work, you know, and safe to show up as themselves. Yes. Um, so good luck to you on that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for being here today, Blair. This was amazing. I got so much out of it, uh, having you on the show. And I think our listeners are just going to love this episode. Oh, my friend, it has been an absolute honor and a privilege and a blessing to be able to share my story with you and with your audience. Okay, here's your takeaways. Number one, always choose love. Number two, it's nobody's job to fix you, but you. Number three, the only way for us to work through our pain is to feel it. And healing from it can be hard, but on the other side is where the magic is. Number four, the trauma that we've been through is not our fault, but it is our responsibility to heal from it. Number five, everything we need is already within us. Number six, trust that you are worthy, divine, loved, and perfect just as you are. Number seven, We are divine beings and our heart is limitless. And that means that we have room for opposing feelings. I hoped you liked those takeaways. Before we close today, I wanna tell you that you mean so much to me. Thank you for being here. I wanna love on you and tell you, you matter. You are important. What you want is important and it's worthy of pursuing. Listen to the whispers about what your heart is calling you to do and stop listening to the shadow self. If you liked today's episode, help me out by subscribing and leaving a review. I'd be so over the moon to have you here following me. And tell your friends, share the love. Let's see if we can help other people live less afraid too and embrace their best selves and generally kick ass at life. Remember, you can send me a voice message, share with me what you want me to talk about on the show. You never know what impact your words can have on someone else, and isn't that the best feeling? Follow me on Instagram at livelessafraid, or connect with me at michelle with one L at livelessafraid.com. If you're interested in finding out more about my coaching work, I always offer free Zoom chats. And if you want to work with me, I accept a few new clients each month as space allows. And I offer an amazing accountability group. That was such a blast. Thanks for listening. I answer all my own messages. And I'd love to hear what you thought about today's episode. Bye.